As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. One semester of law school. One semester of criminal justice. Two experts. experts. I'm Kristen Caruso. I'm Brandi Egan. Let's, Let's go, to court. go to court. On this episode, I'll talk about the murder of Skylar Niece. And I'll be talking about Pepsi. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh gang. Oh, boy. Oh, folks. <laughs> It's a bit of a shit show here at LGTC today. A bit. You know, probably my favorite thing you've ever texted me is you were trying to say things were a shit show, which they were, but you said shot show. Shot show, yes. <laughs> Because your phone corrected you. So things are a bit of a shot show today, folks. Um, we are on day two electric boogaloo of the stay at home order in Kansas City. Shockingly, this podcast is has been deemed a non-essential business. <laughs> That is so. correct. So we're recording remotely for the first time ever. And um, so far, it's not going great, folks. <laughs> <laughs> we, we started trying to record about an hour ago. Things have not gone great. We love trying new things. We love new technology. We don't um, love any of those things, Chris. No. <laughs> Sorry. I was, I was trying to be positive. Oh, okay. You know, hoping it might come true. It'll be interesting to hear how this turns out. Hopefully it turns out great. But on our end right now, there's a slight delay and it just feels fudging weird. It does. And yeah, so we're a little bit concerned about the audio quality, obviously. It's feeling a little bit like old school LGTC up in here, <laughs> but we figured that even that would be better than no episode. So as they say, um, Kristen, what did you say it was? As they say in uh, what was the business? The show oh, must yeah. go on. <laughs> as they say in the judicial system, That's the right. show must go on. I'm sure we've all heard that before. Yes. Ugh, no. But how are, okay, so how are you doing? Um, so today's day two of the stay at home order, but it's my first day where I actually have not physically left the house because I had a doctor's appointment yesterday. So mm. um, that is deemed an essential activity. So I did have to leave well, my home yeah. for that. Yes. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm feeling full on Jimmy Stewart um, in rear window. I will be How fully... How many murders have you witnessed? <laughs> None so far, but I expect to be fully <laughs> fully involved in a murder plot with my neighbor any, any moment now. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's so sick? Nothing would make you happier. Um, Nothing. <laughs> at least give me some excitement. Because, okay, okay, here is also the thing. My job has been deemed non-essential. David's job is essential. And so mm -hmm. I am home all alone. 
Hey, you've got the two dogs, and I hope they're giving you the stink eye right now for saying alone. <laughs> they're like, oh, what are we, nothing? Oliver well, practically crawled into my purse the other day. Okay, and then he sat at the door, so sad, because his best friend left. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, those poor dogs. Yeah, things things are feeling very doom and gloom. Yeah. Yeah, if we could um, get some I mean it's it's warmer out today, but it's still pretty gloomy. So if we could get some nice weather, that would help help balance things out a little bit, I think. Oh really? Is that what you wish for? You know what I wish for? I wish for the end of coronavirus. Oh okay. excuse yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're wishing for some sunshine, but you know what I went? I went world peace and for the coronavirus to go away. Okay. Calm I wonder down, who's a Miss better America. person. <laughs> No, this blows chunks. So my thing that I've been doing to try to like get some grip on mental health or whatever, I've been going on walks. And last night it was just like dark. There was no one at the playground. Thank God. Obviously, There's not no supposed one. to be anyone at the yes, playground. Obviously. But my thing is, we live by a really fun playground that even in like the dead of winter, there's always someone. And it just yeah. like... To be on a walk and see absolutely no one, it was just... Yeah, it's depressing. Yeah, it's just sad. It's, it's just it's sad. so sad, yes. And then, like, when I did see one person, we, like, we were on the sidewalk, and then we both, like, put, I mean, like, 12 feet between each other. You know, it just... <laughs> Oh, it's it's kind of sad times. It is sad times, but it's important, and hopefully it will shorten the span of this thing and save some lives so uh, you know i mean they say that but i'm not canceling my spring bake plans <laughs> <laughs> you still got that cruise you still got that cruise booked <laughs> <laughs> oh god for any for any dum-dums out there i am obviously kidding my god the people who have continued on in their daily lives, I don't I don't know what to say. It is ridiculous. I, I think for a moment it was fair. People were like, OK, yeah, we'll still continue on. But if at this point you haven't realized the gravity of this, we need you to catch up and help flatten the curve, folks. Yeah. I mean, like last week I was sitting on Brandy's lap, licking the side <laughs> of her face. But this week that has to change. <laughs> I am a little bit worried because the episode that comes out today is obviously uh-huh. a week delayed and we're talking about oh. coronavirus in it and like all of that. A lot has changed in a week. So it I, is it yeah. is funny. Like some stuff in these days, it, it ages like milk. Yes. And like, yeah, literally last week we were just like, oh, yeah, we're, we're keeping our distance. And I'm thinking, are people going to hear that, not realize that it's recorded like a week ahead of time and right. think that we're just like ignoring the stay at home order or just, you right, know, right. Yeah. holding hands and That's, spitting into yeah, each other's spitting mouths. Spitting directly into each other's mouths. Yes. <laughs> oh, gross. Oh, stop it. I want to vomit. <laughs> I know I started that joke, but I can't finish it. <laughs> oh. All right. So far, this take is going better than, than the other. Well, yeah, in that my microphone hasn't randomly shut off or, you know, whatever. Yes. I, yeah, so far, I'm feeling a lot better. Uh, me too. Me too. So hopefully this will work out OK and we just get to keep putting something out to everybody because, I mean, we we need to do it as much as we want. I know a lot of you want to hear it. So, yeah, yeah I feel like talking to you. Well, and we talked on the phone last night and it yeah. was just like it made me feel 
so yeah. much better just oh, to talk same. to you. Yes. Oh, I love you. Times. I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> I know that this is not a good time to say it, but I just have to tell you the story that has been making me cry every time I think about it. I know, I know we're supposed to be lifting people up here, but you know. Did you hear about the guy in Italy? He was in his 70s. He got coronavirus. Obviously, they are in a place right now where they have to make these horrible decisions about like who gets ventilators and who gets, I mean, just awful. And ugh. anyway, so his church, they all chipped in to get him a ventilator. And he told them, thank you, but no give that to someone younger and so it went to someone younger and now he has passed i hadn't heard that at all thank you i'm so depressed now i'm sorry i i told that to my sister today (laughs) and i like got choked i mean i just i can't even talk about it like the the idea that people are having to make those decisions right now is just so heartbreaking yeah but you know what's more heartbreaking what the idea that the stock market isn't doing too great right now. Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> no, fuck those people. We're like, the economy. It's like, yeah, obviously, we all want the economy to do great. But like, can we put a price on human life? <laughs> well, apparently we can. Apparently we okay. can. Okay. This okay. real dark, Kristen. This is supposed to I'm be uplifting. Sorry. Yeah, we're supposed to be a comedy podcast. Yeah, Yeah, well, (laughs) these are dark times, folks. (laughs) Okay, so guys, we're doing something special because today is April Fool's. Brandy, tell Um, them what we have planned. Yeah, so last year we did like a whole prank episode. And we're not doing that this year because, um, well, I don't know, because I I couldn't handle it. So (laughs) instead, what we're doing is I am doing a very Kristen case. And Kristen is going to do a Brandy case. (laughs) Which, man, thanks a lot of all the weeks to do something really, really depressing. No kidding. Yeah, so we've totally Freaky Friday'd the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Can I be Lindsay Lohan? (laughs) Um, Sure, absolutely. I'll be (laughs) Jamie Lee Curtis. (laughs) Great. Great. (laughs) She has Um, a Tesla, so. What do you mean, though? What? In that movie, she had a Tesla? No, in real life, Jamie Lee Curtis has a Tesla. (laughs) Well, that's all I've ever wanted. (laughs) Fucking love Teslas. They look so cool. They look amazing. They look like little spaceships. (laughs) Okay, well, now I want to be Jamie Lee Curtis. Well, too bad. You already called the shit show that is Lindsay Lohan. (laughs) (laughs) All right, fine. Why don't you drive off into the sunset with your Activia? (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to shit my pants in my my (laughs) Tesla. (laughs) Are you going first this week? You are, yeah, right? I go first, yeah. I okay, to, okay. I just have to locate my, my case oh, here. Oh, good. Oh, um, good. It's got so many windows up, because I don't usually have to have anything, you know, recording-wise on my screen, and it's a whole a whole new world. Don't you dare go outside. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you. Let's talk about Pepsi, please. Um, Let's okay. talk about you and me. <laughs> Staying Special. in our houses, not going outside. <laughs> Let's cry, baby. Yeah, no kidding. I haven't, I haven't cried yet today, Kristen. So I've got to. Um, oh well, okay. I was about to say the same, but no. I like I just told you, I thought about that man in Italy. 
<laughs> and so I've got I'm I'm halfway through day one of no tears for the last few days. <laughs> See if we can keep this streak alive. <laughs> Woo! All right. <laughs> okay. Special shout out to Jake Rawson over at Mental Floss for an excellent piece on this case, and also to Carl Smallwood at todayifoundout.com, which is the first place that I located this case. Had a really nice piece there. Okay. Here we go. The year was 1992. Bill Clinton was Time Magazine's Man of the Year. The world had just seen its first set of spinner rims. The masses were first exposed to Sir Mix-a-Lot's lyrical genius and Baby Got Back. The line LA face with an open <laughs> booty. Sorry, go ahead. The line there's no crying in baseball was uttered for the first time oh. with the premiere of a league of their own. My dad got divorced and oh. <laughs> Pepsi Cola was struggling hard in the Philippines. I am going to pause real quick. Um, I asked my dad for a fun fact about himself from 1992, <laughs> specifically for that intro. And that's what he said. He's like, all I can think of is that's the year I got divorced. Well, you know, I, that's that's a pretty big moment in a person's life. <laughs> also, real quick, I'm going to go real Kristen here, and I'm throwing in an international disclaimer. So mm. I found a couple of really great articles that were very overview pieces, but the detailed pieces of this case are in languages that I, I don't read. And so international disclaimer. Okay. So at the time in 1992, the Philippines was the 12th biggest soda market in the world, which is pretty, pretty big when you consider the size of the Philippines. Like, And Pepsi was sitting in second place in the market. Even in second place, though, their market share was only 17%. Coke held the top spot with a staggering 75% of the market. Mm. So in the wise words of Ricky Bobby, if you're not first, you're last. And so (laughs) Pepsi was like, we have got to do something and we've got to do it fast. They were also kind of fresh off of a couple of marketing blunders, um, including Pepsi AM, which I had never heard of. But what's that? Is that a like radio a, station? No, it was like a special version of Pepsi for you to drink in the morning <laughs> that had 28 percent more caffeine in it. Ew, um, no. Yeah, it flopped, obviously, mm-hmm. since we've never heard of it. And it's obviously still not around. And then there was that whole Madonna fiasco. Do you remember this at all? No. Okay. What so, happened? So Pepsi famously paid Madonna like $5 million for this big endorsement deal. Okay. And like then recorded some commercial spots with her. And then Madonna released her Like a Prayer video, which was super controversial. It struck oh, up yeah. all this like religious controversy. And so Pepsi couldn't she air made out any- with Jesus, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So Pepsi couldn't air any of those spots. They were just out Ooh. the $5 million. Yeah. Oh. So... Rough times for Pepsi. Okay, I mean they they were still raking in the dough though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So have no fear though. The marketing geniuses at Pepsi, which we know a little bit about uh, the marketing people over there at Pepsi, because you covered a Pepsi case before. Yeah. So um, what was it? It was the helicopter case where the guy took the commercial, literally. The Harrier jet. Yes, it was the Pepsi point. So this predates that. But we have some knowledge, you know, going into this, that Pepsi is going to have another big blunder because they did the Pepsi points thing. And this guy found a loophole in the system and was going to buy a Harrier jet with... Mm -hmm. 7 million Pepsi points. (laughs) So 
Anyway, the marketing geniuses at Pepsi are putting their noggins together to come up with the perfect marketing strategy for the Philippines. And they do it. They come up with number fever. (laughs) So Mm. during the number fever game, consumers would buy these specially marked Pepsi products. And under the bottle cap, there was a number. And then each night on the Channel 2 News, they would do a special segment where they would announce the winning number for the day. Most of the prizes were really small, usually like 100 pesos, which would be the equivalent of like $5 in the United States. Mm -hmm. But there was the opportunity to win a grand prize of 1 million pesos, which would be around $40,000. This was like real life changing money. Yeah. And number fever went off like gangbusters. People like lost their minds for it. The promotion started in February of 1992 and the promise of even a small payout sent consumers flocking to the stores. Pepsi's sales rose over 40% and their market share grew from 17% to 26% in a matter of a couple of months. So wow. Huge impact. By May of 1992, 51,000 people had won 100 pesos. And 17 people had taken home the grand prize. Pepsi could not have been more thrilled with the results of this campaign. And then it happened. It was May 25th, 1992. Pepsi was doing better than ever. The promise of a shot at what was really perceived to be life-changing money in a country. So at this time, the Philippines was a very modest economy and there was widespread poverty. So getting Mm -hmm. like this really got people to buy into this idea. Like all I have to do is buy a Pepsi product, which I'd buy. I was going to buy a soda anyway. So and then I could win this money. And so... Yeah, it's almost better than the lottery. If if it's something you enjoy anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So... People were tuning into these nightly broadcasts by the hundreds of thousands in hopes that their number would be picked as the grand prize winner. And as I said, people were thrilled when their number was picked as the 100 peso winner. Like Mm -hmm. it was just a super exciting time. Sure. But then on May 25th, 1992, as I said, hundreds of thousands of people were tuned into that night's broadcast. The winning number was pulled up on the screen And it was number 349. Hundreds of thousands of people matched the number that night. Oh, no. And that number was attached to the grand prize. One million pesos. Oh, this makes me want to cry. So all these people thought they had won? Uh Uh-huh. Something had happened. There was some kind of glitch, and we'll kind of get into it in a little bit, but somehow Mm -hmm. 800,000 caps were printed with the number 349 on it. No. So the next morning after this number is read, Pepsi plants in Manila were overrun by hundreds of thousands of people coming to claim their grand prize. Yeah. And then they found out that there would be no prize. So 
that night there was supposed to be one grand prize given out. There was supposed to be that was the thing that night. It was going to be a grand prize winning night. But somehow some glitch of some kind had caused a number that was on the forbidden winner list to be Mm -hmm. called as the winner. And so as these people were turning up at the Pepsi plant, I don't know what kind of arrangement this is, that that's where you go to claim your prize. But they were told one by one, we're not paying this out. We refuse to pay it. This was a mistake. And all hell broke loose in the Well, yeah, you can't. I mean, you just can't do that to people. No, you. Oh, yeah. so. Oh, wait. OK. Yes. How quickly did they realize they'd made a huge mistake? Um, they held a meeting at like three o'clock in the morning after the drawing to figure out what the fuck oh, to do. Because shit. it was very quickly realized that the number that was called was on the forbidden number list. Okay, well, you have to give people something. Though. So that's that's what they did. They they got together. Okay. They brainstormed. What do we do? Obviously, we can't pay out a million pesos to eight hundred thousand people. Now, all eight hundred thousand caps were not claimed, but upwards right, right. of four hundred and fifty thousand were. <laughs> Almost yeah. half a million people tried to claim this grand prize. So, in the meantime, when Pepsi's trying to figure out what to do about this riots are going on in the streets. People are threatening Pepsi executives. All of a sudden, around all of the plants, they put up barbed wire. Pepsi executives Mm. all got bodyguards that would escort them to and from work. They started taking different routes every day to work because they were constantly being hounded. In all, 486,170 people attempted to claim the grand prize for their 349 cap. Yeah. While Pepsi's trying to figure out what to do, they're also trying to figure out how the hell this happened. And so the way that this drawing was supposed to have worked, they recruited this marketing firm that was based in Mexico called DG Consultores. And they were using a very newfangled system with a computer to formulate an (laughs) algorithm. A what now? Exactly. (laughs) That would pull a number each night. And so what is unknown? There's kind of two theories about what happened here. Was this actually a computer glitch where the computer pulled this number? Or was this a mistake that was based in human error? Because kind of Mm -hmm. two lists were made and then inputted into this algorithm. One of them was like, okay, these are the base numbers. These are the, the numbers that are printed on the majority of caps. So these must be entered as non-winners this is the forbidden list and 349 was one of those numbers because it was you know how it's like uh it's like a monopoly piece every third piece you get is baltic avenue or whatever sure sure yeah same kind of thing we know eight hundred thousand caps are going to have this number on it so this cannot be a grand prize winning number so somehow a number from the forbidden list either got selected through a computer glitch or someone through human error transposed the lists and the list of forbidden numbers got entered as the list of potential winning numbers. Does that make sense? Mm, Yes. Yeah. And so to this day, they don't really know what happened, but it was a huge problem and one that Pepsi really could not afford to fix. They would have ended up having Honestly, to Honestly, they couldn't. It would have been almost $32 billion in payouts to pay out oh, all dollars? Of the, it would have been $32 billion? Yes. To pay wow. out all of those. 
Yeah. Anyone who's surprised by my reaction, this just shows how bad I am at math. Because I was like, well, you know, 40 grand, you know. <laughs> 40 grand to half a million people. It, it, yeah, okay. It, it adds it, up fast. It adds up. <laughs> this was a marketing campaign that was supposed to cost like a maximum of $2 million. Yeah. (laughs) And so they're like, okay, well, obviously we cannot pay out $30 billion. Like we, we Mm -hmm. just can't. And so as a good, well gesture, good will gesture. Oh my goodness. (laughs) As a good will gesture, they um, put forward an offer to these 486,000 people and offered to pay them 500 pesos per cap. That equals out to somewhere between 18 and $20 in U.S. dollars, which is still a considerable amount of money when you're talking about paying that out over almost 500,000 times. That takes what was supposed to be a $2 million campaign and balloons it to a $10 million campaign, but still affordable. But to all it all people, depends on what you think. It all depends on what your expectations are. If your expectations are, I just want a million pesos, and then it drops down to five hundred. That it's nothing really exactly. Sucks. It's not. Yeah, yeah. It's nothing, and it would be infuriating. Yeah. So some of the people were like, "Oh, great! They saw it as a goodwill gesture. Goodwill gesture. I cannot say that phrase." <laughs> <laughs> And they were like, very complicated. (laughs) It is. It is. Hey, this Um, is like in one of our first episodes. Remember when you couldn't say dispatcher? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I say dispatcher just fine now. Thank you. That's right. (laughs) Every time you make entry into my home, you say the word dispatcher just clear as day. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So some of the people were like, great, we'll take our 20 bucks and and we'll move on with our lives. But that was not the majority of people. Most of the consumers who held these winning caps were livid. They argued that Pepsi had raised their hope of lessening their financial burdens, and then they didn't care about what they deemed a clerical mistake. It was their error. They should have to own up to it, and they should have to deliver what they promised. They saw Mm. Pepsi as this massive company, and they thought they should accept fault, and they had to make it right. And of course, we know that Pepsi thought that that was not the case, that this was not their fault. It was a glitch, or at the very least, it was the fault of this other marketing company that they had they had enlisted to help with this. Right. And so the riots and the attacks on Pepsi intensified. Delivery trucks were overturned by angry mobs. They were burned. Somewhere between 32 and 37 trucks were somehow destroyed or vandalized or rocks were thrown at them by protesters. People took to the streets with signs and they stood outside. They like set up camp outside of Pepsi headquarters. They threw Molotov cocktails into the Pepsi offices. Homemade explosive devices were put like on the front lawn of the Pepsi corporate offices. In one terrible instance, someone had made like a homemade grenade and they'd thrown it at a delivery truck. But Mm. the grenade had kept on rolling and like rolled into (gasps) a store or something and ended up killing a school teacher and her five-year-old student that was with her and wounded six others. Oh, God. It was crazy. 
It was just crazy times. The mobs kind of organized to create like coalitions, Coalition 349. It was their intent to kind of take a more organized, systematic approach at forcing Pepsi to pay up. Um, <laughs> yeah, so they, they... What did they think they were going to accomplish? I, they called for product boycotts. They mm. printed up like anti-Pepsi posters and stuff, posted them everywhere. Yeah. It was bad. One man who was involved in the protests, he was 64 years old. He died of heart failure during a march against Pepsi. And then his wife, shortly after his death, who was also boycotting and very involved in this movement, she was quoted as saying, even if I die here, my ghost will come to fight Pepsi. It is their mistake, not our mistake. And now they won't pay. That's why we are fighting. You know, I've got to say, it it would be so upsetting and so infuriating if you were living in poverty and yeah. all of a sudden you felt like you got this huge, huge payout from this international yeah. massive company. You would feel like absolutely they need to do the right thing. Absolutely. And yes, to the average person, it wouldn't seem like... It's something that Pepsi couldn't do. And I don't know Pepsi's yeah. worth. I don't know how much that would have. $32 billion dollars is a huge mm-hmm. sum of money. Mm-hmm. I, I can't <laughs> imagine they could have done that very easily. I would imagine that would have had a huge impact on the company's financial status. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, but you don't want to hear that. No, of course not. Of yeah. course not. No. And so this just continues. And Pepsi probably didn't handle it the best they tried to ignore all of this at first they got like all of their executives out of town and kind of protected and then they made a public statement calling this extortion oh oh real bad not not great at all they were dumb yeah that is so dumb oh yeah and so complaints about this both civil and criminal complaints started to like flood in to the prosecutor offices all over the country people wanted to file complaints they wanted to file court cases like there was even this one group of people who were kind of watching this situation all from the outside some kind of like legal experts will say and they started offering to buy people's caps from them for $15 believing that eventually Pepsi would have to cave and pay out the full prize amount at the very least they would at some point be ordered by a court to do so and so they're Mm -hmm. like oh let us take your cap off your hands now we'll pay you $15 and then we'll take care of all this legal stuff Mm-hmm. We're willing to bet. We're willing to be out this money now because we yeah. think we're going to get paid back huge in the end. Yeah. This went on for months. It stretched like well into 1993. And then kind of like conspiracy theories started to swirl around it. At some point, the riots and stuff like that, that all kind of dwindled. People only, you know, have so much steam when it comes to that. And it looked like they weren't really gaining much ground. And so they turned their focus onto the court cases that they were filing. But then these conspiracy theories come out. At one point, this guy comes forward and claims that all of the attacks on Pepsi had actually been perpetrated 
buy Pepsi in an attempt to what? take the focus off what they had done. So this guy, he happened to be on like the National Bureau of Investigation in the Philippines. He was like the chief of their organized crime division. So he makes this big statement that's reported in a Chicago Tribune article about how he believes that the people of the Philippines are not behind these attacks at all, that it is all done by Pepsi in a play to gain sympathy. Like, oh, you know, we know a mistake Mm. was made here, but look what's happening to us. Wow. This guy was actually uh, reprimanded by his superiors very quickly, and that particular conspiracy theory was quickly debunked. Mm -hmm. But... It's an interesting theory. It is an interesting theory, but I mean, Pepsi didn't get that school teacher killed and the five-year-old killed. Right. I mean, come on. Exactly. Exactly. Another conspiracy theory was that it was actually like rival soda companies. As I mentioned, this is a big (laughs) soda market in the world. And so like... Well, they do call them the soda wars. (laughs) They do. Exactly. And so, yeah, that was another conspiracy theory that Pepsi had mishandled this so badly that mm-hmm. other bottling companies had seen it as an opportunity to come in and lessen Pepsi's share in the market even more. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, all of this kind of goes to the wayside, the tax, all of that stop, um, and things go back to normal. But then we still have all of these court cases. 689 civil suits were filed and 5,200 criminal complaints were filed against Pepsi. Okay, just a little. I'm going to give you the spoiler alert right now. There's not much available on the court cases. So I am sorry. They're all civil cases and whatever. What we do know is that the majority of them. Really, (laughs) Brandy? On top of everything we're all dealing with, you bring us this. (laughs) What we do know is that the majority of these were tossed out. Like they didn't move Mm -hmm. forward at all. So I read something somewhere that said, basically, the fine print of this contest. At this point, to get the fine print of a contest, you had to mail in like a self-addressed stamped envelope to get the official rules. Do you remember that when you'd see a commercial? Oh, yeah. Like, Hell yeah. To get the, you know, the full rules. Okay. S-A-S-E. So what comes out is that in the fine print of the rules of this contest is that the cap had to bear the number and like a hidden barcode that signified it as a winner. Oh. And so these 349 caps did not hold that necessary piece the barcode or some articles called it a crown i don't really know what it was but it was some kind of other piece other than the number that signified the cap was a winner Mm -hmm. so because of that yeah they're off the hook they're they're very protected yeah so the majority of these cases are thrown out without doing much pepsi does end up spending like 11 million dollars fighting the cases that had some more merit to them and that takes years and years in 2006 so this happened in 1992 in 2006 finally the philippines supreme court (laughs) issued like a 10-page opinion and basically completely let pepsi off the hook it closed the last of the cases that were still open and basically said sorry you have no grounds here pepsi doesn't owe you anything they get off scot-free 
But by that point, Pepsi had really rebounded in the market. They had bottomed out at like a somewhere between a 12 and 15 percent of the market when all of this was going on. They'd rebounded up to somewhere around 21 percent by this time. So still nowhere near what Coke had. But it did okay. And today, Pepsi's still alive and well and and doing all right in the Philippines, it seemed, despite the, the 349 fiasco. That was wild. Yeah. I had never heard that story. I, I didn't know anything about it. I, you know, had to do some Googling for a Kristen case. And this is, this is, I felt this fit you pretty well. <laughs> As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, how did it feel to do a Kristen case? Um, I actually was way more interested, like, as I got into it than I thought I would be. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Let me tell you something. It sucked to do a Brandy case. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I hated it. I thought that hated I was going it. to be super bored during doing like researching. <laughs> I love hearing your cases, but doing the research uh-huh. on them doesn't sound that exciting to me. But yeah, I even found like a piece in the vintage news, so I felt very Kristen-y. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's where I'm at for sure. Um, do you know my story? Um, I know bits and pieces. Uh-huh. I bet you do. <laughs> you twisted freak. Um, all right. You ready for this? Yes. Are you ready? First, Are you ready to deliver it? No. <laughs> but, you know, we're all doing things we don't want to do right now. <laughs> First of all, huge shout out to the article Trial by Twitter by Holly Malay for Elle magazine. And you know how I enjoy an episode of 2020 now and Ooh. then. This episode is called Unfriended. Excellent. All right. It was almost midnight on July 5th, 2012, in Star City, West Virginia. Star City or Star City? Star, space, city. Excellent. Thank you. (laughs) 16-year-old Skylar Niece was sitting in her family's apartment. She'd just finished up a shift at Wendy's, and she was getting a ton of calls and texts from her friends, Sheila Edie and Rachel Schof. Sheila and Rachel wanted Skylar to sneak out of her family's apartment and hang out with them. But Skylar was kind of hesitant. The three of them had had a falling out recently, and Skylar was kind of like, not really wanting to get together with them. It just seemed kind of weird that they were reaching out. But eventually, Sheila and Rachel wore her down. At about 12.30 that night, Skylar climbed out her bedroom window and got into the back seat of Sheila's car. Okay. I don't like where this is going, Kristen. Oh, you don't? (laughs) No. No, it's terrible. It's terrible. So I just want to say what happened next is absolutely terrible. 
Skylar would go on to miss out on so many things. Her high school graduation, college, she'd planned to go to law school, and she'd also miss out on silly little stuff. For example, in the spring of 2019, a hot new trend swept the nation. It all started on June 28, 2019, when a nine-second video was posted on Instagram. What? In it what was year? 2019. Oh, I totally heard the year wrong. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Instagram wasn't around then. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> no, so Skylar Nice getting out of her family's apartment, that was 2012. Yeah. And this, this video that she, you know, obviously missed out on happened in 2019. Mm-hmm. It was disgusting. It was shocking. It was disturbing. It temporarily made me stop eating ice cream. Oh, what? <laughs> I will now describe it to you in great detail. What are you, what are you doing? <laughs> what? What, Brandy? This is are part you, of the story. Are you, I don't think it is. I think you're interrupting a story to bring us a more lighthearted story. <laughs> <laughs> April Fool's, oh Brandy. Oh, my God. <laughs> You made me do a Christy case and you're not doing a Brandy case? You thought the joke was on the listeners, but the whole time the joke was on you. Oh my gosh. If you think that I'm going to do a case about a teenager being murdered by two other teenagers, no way. No way. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I can't believe it. Okay, may I tell you something? Yeah. I got so worried this morning when I saw the intros page and all you wrote was Pepsi because I was like, okay, I feel like I know all the lighthearted cases, at least somewhat. Yeah. And I was like, if there was another Pepsi case, I would know. She's gonna, she's gonna pull the prank I'm trying to pull on her before I get a chance to pull the prank. And like, it took me like 20 minutes to finally relax and believe that you had a real case. Okay. I, for real, had a moment where I thought about pulling a prank on you, and then I didn't do it. That's actually how I ended up with a Pepsi case. I was going to redo a case you had already done. (laughs) Brandy, how do you feel right now? Um, I I feel got. You got me. (laughs) Yep. All right. All right. (laughs) Okay, guys. Let me tell you about ice cream. (laughs) you did that (laughs) (laughs) I have been so excited (laughs) okay so like I said this is a video that was posted on Instagram in 2019 (laughs) in it a cute teenage girl is standing in the ice cream section of a grocery store She's got curly hair, hipster glasses, a nose ring, a striped crop top, and she's holding a delicious, innocent tub of Blue Bell ice cream. It's up to her face, and there's no lid. Uh, The flavor. Just just real quick. Blue Bell is the Hmm. best ice cream. Yeah, Blue Bell is very, very good. It's so good. Okay, I don't know that they do they have it everywhere in the I United don't know. States. I know, I know it's Texas based and yeah. you can find it all over the South and Midwest. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if our friends in the Northeast have had the privilege. And I don't either, but it's delicious. 
until that whole listeria the, thing. That was that was rough well, for them. Well, <laughs> poor Bluebell has experienced. <laughs> this is our this is our sad corporate stories <laughs> episode. <laughs> the flavor she was holding was tin roof. No, it wasn't. It's, was it really? Yeah. What do you mean? No, it wasn't. Because I I thought you were making a joke. Because I remember when I was a kid, like that was Steve's favorite ice cream and you would make fun of me because you're like i've never heard of that really yes okay well it just shows how much i forget because i heard so it's vanilla ice cream with a fudge swirl and chocolate covered peanuts peanuts. it's so good yeah no it sounds delicious (laughs) (laughs) but but when i read it's called tin roof i was like that's not a thing what a weird thing well anyway anyway okay continue So she holds the rim of the tub to her open mouth. Okay. She extends her tongue and she, ah, she swipes her tongue all the way across the ice cream. Oh my gosh. Her boyfriend is recording the video and as she's licking the ice cream, he says, lick it, lick it, lick it. When she finishes, she laughs. She puts the lid back on the ice cream. The boyfriend says, oh, you foul. Put it back. Put it back. She shrieks again with laughter. She swings the freezer door open. She puts the ice cream back inside with all the other tubs. And she slams the freezer door shut. She screeches. She smiles. She walks off. Oh, my gosh. That's the most disgusting thing. Um, yeah. And uh, somebody came I mean, and bought that ice cream. So um, someone did this like last week somewhere in Missouri, a guy like, yeah, we're in the midst of this coronavirus stuff. And he posted a video of himself like I think he was in like the deodorant aisle or something. Yeah, licking packaging. Yeah. Disgusting. Yeah. What the hell is wrong with people? I I don't know. Legitimately, you wonder. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. now I've got a side note, but not really a side note. I have not clicked on this article because it's just too disgusting. But did you hear about the woman who was on an airplane? Oh, oh. And she licked the seat of the airplane toilet. What? No. Why would she do that? What? The coronavirus challenge, Brandy. You're kidding me. That's not real. Okay. Now, here's the thing. Full disclosure. I did not click on anything. I I saw the photo and I was like, absolutely not. I don't even like to go into an airplane bathroom. I, I can't believe that people talk about the Mile High Club. That sounds like the most disgusting thing on earth. <laughs> One time I saw a guy in his socks walk into an airplane oh, bathroom. God. And I thought I was going to throw up. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, oh, God. Can you imagine oh, no. anything nastier than licking an airplane toilet seat? Oh, my God. I can't. No, that sounds terrible. Okay, I have to move on. I'm sorry. Okay, continue. <laughs> so this video of this girl licking ice cream and putting it back in the grocery store freezer obviously went viral. Millions of people watched it. People were disturbed. They were angry. Everyone on social media freaked out. One person said, identify her and charge her. Another person said, my cat is better behaved than this. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird thing to say. And another person said, and my husband teases me because I always take products from the very back. Oh, yeah. People, see? Makes sense. That's do why you do, do that? It. 
Um, I do on some things, not everything. I think the freshest stuff is in the back. Yeah, so I tend to do that sometimes with produce. Like, I figure, Mm -hmm. you know, not everybody has finger banged the apples at the back of the... I hope no one is finger banging any of the apples, Kristen. (laughs) I don't know what kind of fucking grocery store you're going to. (laughs) You've seen my grocery store. It's not great. (laughs) Yeah, like, I think you get the milk from the back. You get the bread from the back. You get the freshest stuff that way. Never really considered anybody licking it or finger banging it, but will now. Well, you know, now you know. <laughs> Knowing's half the battle. <laughs> People were shocked. Who would do such a thing? But apparently, a few people would do such a thing. Copycat videos sprung up on social media. Okay, I'm sorry. At this point, I have to pause to go pee. Okay, like this go is a ahead. classic episode. This I haven't had to do classic, this in classic like Kristen. a year. Yes. Okay. Okay, go pee. I'll be back. Okay, stop crying. I'm back. <laughs> and did you, you know what I think that? the problem was? What? Go ahead. Huh. I no, no, just... no. I... <laughs> <laughs> well, you go first. I was going to say, did you see the video of that poor woman who was like on a conference call for the first oh, time? Oh, my like God. A video conference call and went to the poor fucking Jennifer. bathroom. <laughs> Yes. Oh, I yes. would die. I was telling Kyla about that. Wait, no, I told you about that. No, you did? Yeah, the other day when we were when we were over to get you set up for remote. I told you and David about that video. Oh, we talked about it at the salon too, so I assumed that's where I heard it. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Copycat videos sprung up on social media. In another one, a cute looking young woman, or at least she looked that way with the filter she was using. <laughs> hey, these filters did she have like koala bear ears on and you know it's it's been a while since i i watched these videos but like you know she had you know very big eyes very small waist like you know very dewy looking skin and then she had like you know obviously she had like a tiara of flowers that were clearly you know fake but you get the idea i do she walks down the frozen food section of her grocery store opens one of the freezer doors, pulls out a pint of ice cream, bends over a little, closes her eyes, rolls her tongue over the top of it twice, swirls her tongue in the middle of it, and with her tongue doing nasty, non-consensual things to that (laughs) ice cream, she looks at the camera with bedroom eyes, smiles, puts the lid back on, puts it back in the freezer, and walks off. Would you call that tongue banging? Yes, I would. Call, thank you. You're That's welcome. beautiful. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Copycat videos were now officially a thing. Attention-seeking weirdos were all about the ice cream challenge. Ugh. I'm sorry. Hashtag ice cream challenge. Yes. Yeah. You got to do the hashtag. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about the time? This was like, I don't know, five years ago. I worked with this older lady and she said, um, she was looking up a hashtag on Twitter and she goes, it's pound sign, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> so here we had the pound sign ice cream challenge <laughs> and Bluebell was like, oh, shit. Yeah. It was a huge PR crisis. They'd already dealt with the Listeria crisis in 2015. I'm sorry, the um, what crisis? Did I... 
Am I saying that wrong? It's yeah. listeria, isn't listeria. it? Listeria. <laughs> listeria. You made it sound like they had lice and another problem. <laughs> the bluebell lice outbreak. <laughs> and then they had listeria. And then, you know, then this, this poor company, they're just trying to make some damn ice cream. So, you know, they were very sad. And the general public was like, uh, could you guys maybe like put a plastic seal around your ice cream? And Bluebell was like, the ice cream creates a natural seal. Okay. Also, don't lick our ice cream (laughs) until you've paid for it. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Now, I get their thing about like their ice cream does create the natural seal. But after all this shit, wouldn't you just put the plastic around it too? Yeah. Yes. I mean, I, I know we're supposed to reduce packaging. But when you've got fucking weirdos who are going around licking things. Licking your cream. That's what you do. Wow. Brandy, <laughs> you were so appalled when I said finger banging apple. And now here you are leading the charge. <laughs> you know, you're the product of the five people you hang out with the most. What does I that think mean? I've taken you. You've taken what me do you mean? down? What does that mean? I mean, like, I meant what, what is your point? Are you meaning that you're taking me down? Yeah, I'm taking you down. <laughs> You started this episode, you were so classy, now here you are making disgusting jokes. People are are licking cream, I'm going to talk about it. Okay, well, (laughs) you don't have to say it like you deserve a Nobel Prize. (laughs) Yeah, I just, I saw what was going on and I had to speak up. I think anyone else would have done the same. They say, see something, say something, so here I am. Hey, I'm getting the Nobel Prize first, because as we established, what you want right now is sunshine, and what I want (laughs) is world world peace, peace. and for the coronavirus to go away. Okay. That's that's really all I ask for. (laughs) (laughs) Hang on, my headphones are coming off. Damn it. I know, I hate wearing headphones. I hate it, too. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to do the thing Norm told us about, like, take the left side off, but man. Yeah. I, I used a hair mask last night and my locks are silky and the (laughs) headphones are just flipping and flopping off of me (laughs) it's the one you got me i really like it it makes it sound like your hair so greasy your (laughs) headphones won't stay in place i'm like that guy on 90 day fiance i i just put about half a tub of mayo on my hair let it sit in the sun for about an hour smelled great (laughs) can you not even joke about no it's making me nauseous (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. I'll move on. I'll move on. (laughs) Only because you're pregnant. Thank you. (laughs) In the meantime, as word spread about the trend, a few grocery stores started posting security guards in front of the Bluebell. It was kind of a joke (laughs) and kind of not. Do you remember this? I do remember that. (laughs) I thought it was really funny. (laughs) So Bluebell also spoke out. They called the original video a malicious act of food tampering, which, yeah, In a statement to the media, Bluebell said, Based on security footage, the location, and the inspection of the carton, we believe we may have recovered the half gallon that was tampered with. Hmm. How? I know, that's... I appreciate... I appreciate that they kept it real. They didn't say, we've got it for sure. But, I mean, that's not super reassuring, right? I don't find it reassuring at all, and I feel like that's the best they can say, and it's probably not even true. Like, how would you have any idea? Well, here's the deal. They were pretty sure they knew which one had been licked. 
It had come from a Walmart in Lufkin, Texas. But they told everyone, hey, as an added precaution, we took all the tin roof flavor out of that particular Walmart. Sorry, Steve Bourne. You know. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, people worked on tracking down the girl from the video. Did I say people worked? Police worked on tracking down the girl from the video. Hey, police are people too, Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> they did some digging online and they found her. She was bragging about what she'd done. She was like, hey, everyone, I've been pretty sick lately. Guess they should call it Flubel. Oh, my gosh. Hey, you should all start licking tubs of ice cream. Let's start an epidemic. Oh, no. Police were like, holy shit. But then they realized that this person wasn't the real ice cream licker. It was a catfish. Oh, my. An ice cream licker catfish? This is a thing. This is a world we live in. (laughs) It was someone who wasn't even in the United States. They just set up a profile with a very similar username to the real ice cream liquor, I guess, to get attention. This is this is so weird. Uh, Yeah, that's super weird. Eventually, they found out that the ice cream liquor in the original video was a 17 year old girl. So, because of her age, police chose not to release her name. Uh, Whatever punishment she would face would be handled in juvenile court. Lame. But, Brandy, this was not over. Because this 17-year-old girl had inspired people. Started a movement, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, that is literally what I have in my notes. You did not. (laughs) I have. She'd started a movement. She was a trailblazer. (laughs) (laughs) A couple weeks after the girl's video went viral, a 36-year-old man named Lenise Martin, who lived in Louisiana, posted a video of himself on Facebook licking a tub of Bluebell ice cream and putting it back in the grocery store freezer. That that dude's way too old for that. Um, yes. Like, (laughs) 20 years too old. Yes. Police wasted no time arresting him. They charged him with criminal mischief and unlawful posting of criminal activity for notoriety and publicity, which I didn't even know that was on the books, but apparently that's on the books. You can break that law. So that's the day and age we live in, Kristen. I don't, I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> I feel I mean, like that's all we've said to each other lately. It's just like, man, these are the times we're living ta- in, huh? Times we're living in. <laughs> <laughs> when you got, you got ice cream licking catfishes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a world. <laughs> but Lenise was like, whoa, 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 hold on. I licked that ice cream. But I didn't really put it back. I paid for it. I swear. I have the receipt. Mm. Okay. You ready for something interesting? He's a fake badass idiot? Yeah, he did have the receipt. Oh my gosh, he really bought it? (laughs) Yes. Yes. I'm going to look so cool with my friends online. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, basically... 36-year-old man was like, oh, this'll be funny. Oh, my gosh. So, it was a harmless prank? Question mark? (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> a spokesman for the sheriff's office was like, uh, okay, we're going to take into consideration that he eventually bought the ice cream, but this is not okay. He's not off the hook. Yeah. He said... He puts it on Facebook to gain notoriety, and at the end of the day, it gives other people ideas that are not in the best interest of public health. Which, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, yes. Good grief. <laughs> this is the world we're living in, Brandy. That's the day and age that we're living in, Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> Lenice was eventually released from jail, and he did a bunch of interviews trying to explain his side of the story. Okay. In these interviews, I think he seemed sort of surprised that people were so grossed out by him. I think that makes sense to me because you obviously don't appreciate the grossness of it if you're going out and doing it. Right, right. It's like, I mean, it's like he didn't really think it through. Yeah. At all. Yeah. (laughs) So apparently he's a DJ and the prank cost him a lot of money because nobody wanted him at their wedding or bar mitzvah or whatever. (laughs) They were like, ew, we'll take the guy who doesn't lick ice cream and put it back in the freezer, but then also pays for it. But, you know, anyway. So here's his side of the story. Are you ready? I am so ready. He said that he paid for a tub of ice cream, and when he did, the cashier said that he could get a discount on a second tub. So he went back to the freezer with the tub he'd already paid for. And his friend was like, you should pretend like you're doing the ice cream challenge thing. And he did. You left out a bro there, Kristen. There's for, <laughs> sure, there for sure a bro in there. <laughs> so, you know, that's his side of the story. And again, the Louisiana police would, would comment for these interviews and they'd always be like, yeah, OK, he did pay for it. But that's not really the point. Yeah, no, it's not. Still, like, you can't just be putting that out there into the universe. No. Even though these are the days we live in, or these are the times times. we live in. It's the times we're living in, Kristen. So, here's the lame part. I'm not sure what became of this particular story. I haven't found anything new about it, which could mean that he's still waiting for his day in court, or that they dropped charges, or that my Google machine is busted. But who cares? (laughs) Because I have a story about an ice cream liquor who wasn't a juvenile and who was recently brought to justice. Excellent. Lay it on Brandy, us. I've got a fresh one. <laughs> it's been a while since I said that. It has been. A little over a month after the original ice cream lick video went viral, a 24-year-old man named DeAdrian Anderson decided that he'd like a taste of internet fame as well. No! I see what you did there. (laughs) Brandy, that was good stuff. (laughs) So he went to a Walmart, pulled up a tub of vanilla bluebell out of the freezer. He looked over his shoulder, pulled off the lid, did a big circular lick in the middle of the ice cream, lowered the tub, looked around, dug his finger into it, brought his finger to his mouth, then did one more big back-and-forth lick for good measure. Oh, God. And, of course, he put it back in the freezer. That's both a tongue bang and a finger bang. That's right. For those of you with score sheets at home, (laughs) he did both. (laughs) 
Law enforcement tracked him down, and Jefferson County, Texas District Attorney Bob Wortham was ready to pounce. He was like, yeah, this was much more than a stunt. He said, the only way to stop copycats is to enforce the law very strongly. Just like Lanise, D'Adrian did actually buy the ice cream that he licked. But again, that wasn't the fucking point. No, it's not the you fucking point. Doing that. Yes. I mean, I do think you should get, you know, that should be considered. The fact that you didn't actually leave the tub of ice cream for someone else to buy. But still, get your nasty ass out of here. That's just my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> the videos caused panic. The stores had to replace their inventory. And also, it should be against the law to be that disgusting. Yeah, it the should agent. be against the law to be that disgusting. You know, that that lady who licked that airplane toilet seat, oh, I, I mean, I'm sure that's not technically a crime, but it should be. It sure should be. <laughs> D'Adrian would have to face consequences. So in January of 2020, he pled guilty to criminal mischief. He was facing up to $4,000 in fines and up to one year in jail. He asked the judge for probation. In an interview afterward, he said, I'm not a bad guy. He admitted he just wanted to go viral. Hmm. Uh, you know, honestly, watching that interview, I kind of felt bad for him. Really? I really did. And I wasn't expecting that. But it just was clear I don't he know. didn't I, understand the gravity of what he had done. You don't know. It wasn't that that got me. It was just like... I've I regularly feel grateful that I didn't grow up with social media like Facebook became a thing right after we graduated high school. And so I just I feel grateful that I've never I've never in my life I didn't grow up with this like pressure to have like a ton of likes on anything, you know, that didn't, yeah. like shape me. As I was growing up. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that makes total and sense. I think, you know, him saying that he he did all this just because he wanted to go viral. I don't know. It made me feel bad for him. Yeah. Makes me feel bad for anybody who, like, has that as such a big priority that they'll do something that will get them possibly a year in jail. Yeah. But he didn't get a year in jail. What did he get? A few weeks ago, D'Adrian was sentenced to 30 days in jail. He also had to pay a $1,000 fine and about $1,500 in restitution to Bluebell. I wonder how they came up with that dollar amount. The $1,500? Yeah. I believe that was what it cost to replace all the inventory that was in that particular store. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. And that's the story of the murder of Skyler <laughs> I mean, the ice cream challenge. <laughs> Very well played, wanna, Kristen. Thank you. I do want to say, you know, obviously the Skylar News story is is a horrible story. I feel I feel terrible for her family. That just I did do some reading in the course of, of this and gosh, what an awful story. And I just couldn't do it. So I didn't do it. Very good. But, but I appreciated the opportunity to prank my friend. Uh, it was very good. You did a great job. <laughs> I didn't see it coming at all. Good, good. I was really worried because you're so crafty. I thought for sure you'd think something was up. I didn't at all. Good. I, I honestly did not. I was 
very caught off guard by that. Hey, you know what? We are so thrown off that in this entire episode, we have not plugged the Patreon at all. Oh, do it. Like, not one bit. (laughs) Do it right now, Kristen. Okay, guys. Do you want more of this spotty and weird audio quality? (laughs) Well, I've got good news for you. (laughs) We are active on Patreon. At the $5 level, you can get access to bonus episodes. We just put out a new one um, last week. And, yeah, time... And you know what? <laughs> Sorry, God, I'm a mess. <laughs> In time, that new one, time is a thing. <laughs> <laughs> we just put it out and we recorded it together because we recorded it before the stay at home order. So. If you're like, my God, the audio quality in this episode is terrible, you know, join the Patreon. You'll hear some good episodes. That's and right. obviously the bonus episode for April is going to suck. But, you know, yes. what can we do? This is where um, we are. This is where we are. This is the day and age <laughs> we're living in. <laughs> also, at the $5 level on Patreon, you can join the Discord. You can chat with people. At the $7 level, you get all of that, plus monthly videos that are really fun. And you get a sticker and our lovely autographs. And that's about it. Um, I do have a question. You for me? S- uh, no, for g- in general about. Well, I mean, oh, okay. yeah, it's for you. But you <laughs> said we're you said we're active on Patreon. What does that mean? Is that like sexually active? <laughs> we are sexually active on Patreon. <laughs> we're not sure what it means, but it sounds bad. It sounds bad. And that's, and that's the. D- these are the days we're living in. These are the times we're living in. We're sexually active on Patreon. <laughs> I think that's probably against their terms and conditions. You know what it actually is? I think they cracked down on people because they were doing some sexy stuff on Patreon. Yeah, I don't think you're allowed to do sexy stuff on Patreon. You know what's funny is when we first signed up for Patreon, they ask you if you do like adult content. And I was like, well, we do curse in our stuff. Yes. And we, you know, we we are definitely an explicit podcast. So I started to click that. And Norm was like, no, <laughs> no, they mean like, do you post porn? And I was like, oh, OK, OK, OK. I mean, sometimes <laughs> sometimes we get so sexy, they flagged our stuff. <laughs> <laughs> At the seven dollar level, you get an eight by ten glossy of the two of us nude. <laughs> oh, no, no one wants that. <laughs> It's black and white. It's very classy. Very classy. You're going to love it. (laughs) Oh, no. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 
Brandy, what questions do we have from our lovely patrons? Yeah, so from our Discord, we've got some questions. Let's let's see what we're doing here. Okay, okay. I, Brandy, I have to, I have to stop this right now. This is ridiculous. What? In my neighborhood, I told you. I believe I told you before we started recording. Uh-huh. I think it was actually on on take twenty seven <laughs> of our recording attempts. Yeah, people in my neighborhood. I love my neighborhood. We're doing some cool stuff with the... Well, I was about to say we're doing cool stuff with the coronavirus. That's not what I mean. Like, <laughs> someone in our in our neighborhood, I do think this is cool. They've encouraged people, like, if you have stuffed animals, to put them in your windows. And then, like, when kids are out on their walks, like, they can do a little scavenger hunt, try to spot all the bears in the windows and stuff. But then there are also people who are like... Hey, I've got a bunch of paperback books. I'm going to set them on the porch. Feel free to take some. Or I've got blah, blah, blah. Okay, another person just set out a bunch of DVDs. And I'm like, people, do you read the papers? <laughs> I mean, this this virus can live on stuff for like, isn't it like 72 hours? Yeah, certain services it can live for 72 hours. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to offer up a bunch of my used Kleenex. Put that out on the front porch. Ugh. No, don't do that. Kristen. I'm sorry. Is that too disgusting? That's pretty gross. All right, let's do some questions. Okay. All right, all right. We might need to cut that because <laughs> are people crazy? Yes, people are crazy, Kristen. That's okay. like the people okay. that I had to call and cancel their appointments, and they're like, "What? You're choosing to close down? No, <laughs> we're not choosing to close down. There's an order in effect. Somebody else that came into the salon was like, "So how do you know you had to close? Did someone call and tell you? It's like what?" No, no one called to tell us. Like they issued an official order. <laughs> How do people get their news? No idea. <laughs> okay, here we go. Oh. Here we go with okay. questions from our Discord. Um, Fiery one would like to know what was it like recording the first remote episode? Shitty. A uh, real <laughs> shit show. <laughs> I should I should say I don't want people to think we're complaining like obviously people have real problems in the world oh, yeah. right now and this is the biggest one right here this is yeah clearly this is the top <laughs> the top problem in the age that we're living in <laughs> but yeah we have not enjoyed it no I much prefer to be looking at you and you know what's weird I mean obviously you're at your kitchen table right now but I'm still in the normal place so I'm just staring oh, you're at the sick. ghost of Brandy oh, where I would usually be oh that's sad <laughs> I know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. Static Shock would like to know, which interview would you be more interested in? An interview with a serial killer, the detective who caught them, or a surviving victim? Okay. I have strong feelings. You do? Yes. Okay. I think all these interviews with these psychopaths who go out and do these things are nuts. I think... I think they're useless. I think these people, usually guys, are almost always 100% full of shit. We don't gain anything from listening to them blab and blab and blab. I am definitely interested in someone who survived. I'm interested in the person who caught them. But yeah, I I really, like, people got super into the Ted Bundy stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. People say he was so charming. I don't know. He seems like your average white dude to me. <laughs> you wouldn't trust right? him for a second. Yeah, you. W- I think well, he is very charming. I... You would not trust him for a second. You don't like an arrogant white male. Like, that is not going to work for you. 
Well, no, here's okay. Yes, you're correct. But also, <laughs> here's what I'm saying. Like, I think there's just some bodies that we get born into where people are just a little more apt to trust us. It's not that someone is like, oh, my God, he's so charming. He's so blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, he's like a white guy in khakis. And we tend to trust a white guy in khakis. And you don't figure out until too late that, you know, <laughs> I, do you know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying. Yes. Uh, my answer is, I think the survivor, I think survivor stories are fucking crazy. And I would mm-hmm. love to meet a badass who survives a crazy situation. Okay. Um, <laughs> Gadriel would like to know, since you'll both be remote, how long do you think it'll be until someone's not wearing pants while recording? <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn it. Okay. First of all, Gadriel is very funny in our Discord. <laughs> um I am just kicking myself right now because a couple days ago, you know, I always tell you to keep your pants on and you always, you know, get very upset about the idea that anyone might for a second think that you are recording without pants on. And I thought, what an opportunity to say that we are both, because we are in our own homes, we are fully nude. (laughs) And then I forgot until this very moment. (laughs) I was like, man, Brandy will be so uncomfortable. It'll be hilarious. It would have been hilarious because I would have been very uncomfortable. Yeah, well, these are the prices we pay for a good joke. I did almost record in my pajamas. And then at the last minute, I got dressed into real clothes. Why? I don't know. It seemed more professional. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Okay. I remember when I first started working from home, when I like quit my big girl job and like I started working with Norman, people give you all this unsolicited advice about like, well, you know, it's important to treat it like a regular job. So like you get up and you shower and you put on nice clothes and you blah, 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 and you continue to hate your life. I think that is so weird because there are some there are some downsides to working from home. But like one of the upsides is that you can wear sweatpants. Yeah. So why wouldn't you? Yeah. These are the questions I ask you. (laughs) Um, Mandy M says, Brandy, do you eventually plan on going back to work? Are you allowed to wear the baby on your back while cutting hair? Um, I (laughs) I absolutely plan to go back to work after having London. um, And I would love to wear her on my back while I cut hair. It's totally allowed. So maybe we'll try it out. (laughs) Um, Nani B wants to know. (laughs) How does Kristen question the wrong group and shit in a bag? But Brandy's most embarrassing memory is showing her (laughs) panties in kindergarten. I feel like we need to dig deeper now that you've had some time to think on it. So I have thought on it a little bit and I do have one as an adult. It's still not that embarrassing, but I was very embarrassed when it happened. So, okay, (laughs) I (laughs) was not that long ago, maybe a year or two ago. And I was cutting this woman's hair and I had done her hair many times and she got a very blunt bob like and mm-hmm. so i had done highlights on her and we're back at the chair like shampooed out and everything and i'm about to cut her and so i said okay so what are we doing with the cut today just your typical blunt cunt oh <laughs> <laughs> i meant to say blunt cut and didn't <laughs> and um quickly corrected myself she said nothing so I, oh maybe she didn't she, laugh no she didn't laugh she just was like yeah just the usual so i don't know if she didn't catch it or she was trying to be polite but it was very embarrassing <laughs> 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 uh, 
Well, you are a blunt cunt. You'll just tell it like it is. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, okay, that's much better. I agree. If I'm if I'm on this podcast talking about shitting in a bag, doing all kinds of humiliating stuff, you gotta you gotta bring out the real stories here, Brian. I'm sorry, I've never shit in a bag, Kristen. <laughs> It's okay. You can tell us. Space. <laughs> no one's listening, Brandy. It's fine. <laughs> um, Maggie May wants to know, what is Brandy's dad's favorite color? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think we all want to know. The people want to know. It is red. I was wrong. <laughs> mm, mm, my goodness. Hang on. I've... I've got a 10 pounds fact book here. I've got to fill that out real quick. <laughs> yeah, if everybody could fill that in in their 10 pounds journals, that'd be great. Um, hey, how about, here's an idea. Instead of, you know, selling t-shirts one day, we just make 10 pounds journals. And it's just a journal where you can only put in facts about Brandy's dad, <laughs> nothing else. Perfect. I think those would sell out, obviously. <laughs> and obviously, you know, if we don't make them, someone else will because it's such a good idea. <laughs> Um, S. Bruns says, aside from listening to other true crime podcasts, do you watch true crime shows? If so, what is your go to show? Oh, yeah. We watch them all. Like all. Hell yeah. Yeah. My favorite like show show that's on like it's on ID is Evil Lives Here. Have you seen that one, Kristen? No. Okay. So I really like it because it's told from the point of view of whoever the perpetrator is. It's their family who is being interviewed. So it's like all about their life. And if there were like warning signs that they didn't see, like one of them was like a girl whose dad was a serial killer. Another was like a father whose son like went and did this big mall shooting. Like it's very, very interesting. It's a cool perspective. That sounds right up your alley. You love hearing from the families of serial killers. Yeah. I tell you what. I love a really good deep dive into a crime. Yeah. So like, you know, classic The Staircase on Netflix. I loved that. Yeah, you want like a multi-part series on one crime. Yeah, and I want I want the kind that like Everybody watches. Everybody has a strong opinion. And then there are all these articles later that are like, well, but, you know, that documentary left out three facts and I think they were very biased. That's like mm, right up my alley. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> I'm looking at you making a murderer. <laughs> um, one last question. Yeah, sure. Um, Angela would like to know, and this is this is a really good one. Take your time. Think about it, Kristen. Okay. What is your favorite vegetable? <laughs> you know I love vegetables. I know you do. That's why I think it's gonna be tough for you. I like zucchini. It's my favorite. The first time I ever had it. Your mom cooked it for me. It was amazing, and I still love it to this day it's my favorite um yeah i think that's my favorite too zucchini norman hates it really but i found a way to love him despite that flaw What's yeah i how I mean, do you hate well, zucchini I, clearly he did not grow up around cherry pits because <laughs> i i think i love it for the same reason you do like my mom would do zucchini all the time sauteed she'd put a ton of cheese on it and we would like lap that up and to this day I find zucchini very comforting. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, I lied. There is one question. This was not submitted during the official question period. Mm. Um, it was submitted Throw it out. earlier today in the case discussion section from okay. Fate Nabu One. 
I don't know how you pronounce okay. it. My biggest question about today's podcast, we know when LGTC Brandy's dad was born and graduated, but when did the great and powerful TP, when was he <laughs> born and when did he graduate? Kristen, the people want to know. Ugh. No, I refuse. Um, okay, he was born, <laughs> part of it, okay, he was born in 58 and I'm terrible at math. So, you know, you guys are just going to have to like do the math for me. <laughs> 76 that sounds about right (laughs) i i i demand that we pass on this question i think we've had too many dp facts and not enough 10 pounds facts which is why we need that 10 pounds pounds journal journal. (laughs) yes all right should we move on to supreme court induction yeah um i'll i'm totally ready for that i'll just oh good so, guys, while Thank Brandy's you. stalling, let me tell you what's happening here. These are for people who are at the $7 level in our Patreon. We are reading their names, and we're reading their favorite movies. And Brandy's going to read their names because I screw up names every time. <laughs> Gerard the Completionist. Hey, Gerard! Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Gerard gave us, like, our first big shout-out. Yeah, he's the reason a lot of people heard about our show early on. Thanks, Gerard. So if you haven't heard of Gerard, he has a YouTube show. It's on YouTube. And he completes a video game, starts to finish. And he does reviews, and it's a fun show. Is that where YouTube shows are? (laughs) (laughs) They're on YouTube. (laughs) Guys, don't go to Netflix to try to find Gerard's show. Okay, quit it. You've got to go to YouTube to find the YouTube show. (laughs) Sam. Holes. Mary Beth. The Wizard of Oz. Kayla Rinish. The Princess Bride. Millie Q. The Little Rascals. Taya W. Newsies. Cynthia Gonzalez. Midsummer. Oh, so good. Amy Dupuy. Forrest Gump. Heather Cronmiller. The Raven. Mandy S. The Grand Budapest Hotel. Lisa Radent. Memoirs of a Geisha. Jordan S. Ten Things I Hate About You, because hello, Heath Ledger, yes. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to, to the, the Supreme, Supreme Court. Court. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's terrible to do with a lag. It it's feels so, so weird. bad. I'm sorry, folks. <laughs> yeah, I apologize to everyone who's going to be inducted on these remote episodes. Oh, yeah, it's a very special time. You get to, you know, hear us. Uh, guys, these are the times we live in. <laughs> this is the day and age we're living in, folks. <laughs> Thank you so much for all of your support, guys. Um, we appreciate it. What do we usually say here, Kristen? Well, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna just, like, mix it up a little bit and just say that... It's kind of a cool privilege to have a thing right now where we're making content for bored people. I know a lot of you are bored or maybe stressed, and I hope that I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope the audio wasn't totally shitty. Ugh. I guess we'll find out. But thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate it. We do. And we, we hope you're doing so okay. Much. Yes. Yeah. At the bu- end of the day, that's really what we really hope is that everybody's doing okay, staying safe, staying healthy. That's that's the important well, thing no, right now. No, Brandy, what you really want is just some sunshine. What I want is for everyone to be okay. <laughs> wow. All right. <laughs> <laughs> 
guys just remember that all Brandy cares about is just sunshine in Kansas City. Okay, that's exactly <laughs> what a that's exactly it. That's I don't care about anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, guys, if you've got a minute, please find us on social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Reddit. We're on Patreon. Please subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. Um, Head on over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. And then be sure to join us next week. When we'll be experts on two whole new topics. Podcast Podcast adjourned. adjourned. (laughs) Oh, God, we say so much in unison. And now for a note about our process. I read a bunch of stuff, then regurgitate it all back up in my very limited vocabulary. And I copy and paste from the best sources on the web and sometimes Wikipedia. So we owe a huge thank you to the real experts. For this episode, I got my info from the article Trial by Twitter. Oh, that's fake. All that is fake. Okay. (laughs) Do you need to put in some real sources? You know what? I'll I'll put them in the show okay, notes. Perfect. You guys, you guys get the yes. idea. I got my info from the Vintage News, Mental Floss, JustDrinks.com, TodayIFoundOut.com, and the Philippine Star. For a full list of our sources, visit LGTCPodcast.com. Any errors are, of course, ours, but please don't take our word for it. Go read their stuff. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.